Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are here today to talk about a movie we've never seen before. That's how casually obsessed we are. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, not an uncommon thing. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm getting at. You can watch horror movies your entire life and then have a podcast dedicated to horror movies for several years with a website that has reviews and editorials and still, like watching horror movies every single day of your life, basically, and still come across movies you haven't seen before. I will also say that we've had the Blu-ray copy of this for, I think, two years. Is it? Has it been two years? I, I don't know. Ooh, wow, that's, <laughs> dang. And also, I don't know about you, but the cover of this movie haunted my childhood dreams. Seeing it at the blockbuster. Well, I guess not haunted my childhood dreams. Uh, You saw it all the time and you're like, ooh, I want to see that, but I'm scared. No, just like, I want to see that, but if only I was an adult. And here I am an adult and I'm only just now seeing it. After owning it for two years. Like, I finally have it and we'll put it here to collect dust. Well, it's one of those things that when you have a horror podcast, you're like, ooh, we gotta pair that with something good because that's gonna be a great movie to talk about. Uh, It had a lot of hype to live up to. That fucking poster is so fucking good. And I was like, no, that is destined to be a podcast film and so we just have always avoided it until we could find its mate for lack of a better word and boy howdy i think we've done it yeah we're here today uh kicking off a new double feature of makeout massacre cock blocked by aliens that's right bad dates teenagers buried at makeout creek <laughs> that that is really the theme of uh of this double feature we're kicking it off with you know lover's point and uh maybe a comet uh with aliens in it and you get all of that in fred decker's 1986 cult classic that we've only seen for the first time. Yes, of course. Night of the Creeps. That's what we're talking about on the podcast today. But Kim, if anybody else out there, like yourself, has been putting this off or has only just heard about this movie for the first time, 
What are three good things about Night of the Creeps? Three reasons why you might like it, why you should watch it, why you should seek it out right now. Oh boy. Okay, number one is blobtastic 50s intro sequence. Oh yeah. Uh, full out black and white 50s style with the, like Cadillac convertibles and, you know, Lover's Creek, like we said. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 50s wonderfulness. Number two. Number two is... I'm going to say Tom Atkins. Right? Isn't yeah. he just always the best grizzled cop? So much fun. Even though in this he's chronically suicidal, I think. Um, and also for his one-liners. His suicidal tendencies and his one-liners. Very good stuff. And the third one, quite possibly the most important reason to watch this movie, mm-hmm. is undead boyfriend dates. <laughs> That's right. You get a lot of them, too. And isn't that the, the tagline on the poster? Like, good news, ladies, your dates are here. Bad news, they're dead. Yes, I waited the whole movie to do my Leo point at the poster moment, yep. and I am so happy that I got it, and it was even better than I could have imagined. A whole onslaught of undead boyfriends, and it's so good. Those are three good things about Night of the Creeps, three reasons why we think you should watch this movie. Uh, before we get into the full discussion of it, Spoiler filled. Spoiler filled. So heads up for that if you're planning on saving it. Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? The Foo Fighter horror movie Studio 666 came out last week. If you guys listen to the podcast back in the feed, we did an interview with the director BJ McDonald, which was so much fun. We finally dropped our spoiler-filled review of that. That is over in the Fiend Club. It's an exclusive episode at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. There's also a drive home from the drive-in full spoiler review of the new Texas Chainsaw movie that landed on Netflix and Scream. If uh, if you're still looking for people to talk about Scream, there's an episode there for that. Studio 666 is so fucking gory, and I was so happy to finally talk about it because you do not want to spoil the kills of this movie. If you haven't seen it, don't look it up on the internet. Just go fucking watch it. Yeah, really avoid that Red Band trailer. This is one movie the where- The trailer, you, yes, oh, avoid it. <laughs> yeah, like it's- uh, it, This movie has some incredible kills and they are best left as surprises, but it's super goofy and funny, you know? Like it's not- You're not going in for Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead or something. Even though. Even though. <laughs> but it is super fun. It's full of rock and roll. It's got demons. It's got monsters. Uh, and yeah, it's got rock stars getting possessed by spirits. It's it's a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. And if you want to hear our full thoughts on that or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Scream, like Kim mentioned, they're waiting for you over in the Fiend Club. Also, another cool flick hitting streaming services this week. Fresh is coming to Hulu on Friday? Friday? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, Friday. It's coming on Friday. It's on Friday. Man, this is... This is <laughs> uh, are we just people who like watching movies blind because this is another one where I'm like, don't watch the trailer. Don't <laughs> look Don't look at the poster. That's like, why I just said fresh and I didn't say anything about it. And it was just like, date's gone wrong. Oh yeah. Boyfriends awry. Totally fill in the gap between these two episodes on bad dates. Yeah. You want to see Sebastian Stan as a really bad date? You got to check out this movie. You know, this may be a really embarrassing confession, but I swear to God that three weeks ago, I had no idea who Sebastian Stan is. And now I've literally cannot get away from him. Yeah, you saw the 355 in in the theater. You're watching Pam and Tommy. You're watching Fresh. I was just like, where did this guy come from? And he's like, oh, he's in like Avengers or some shit. And I'm like, oh. 
Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, Sebastian Stan, super great, super untrustworthy, super fun. <laughs> super untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah, no, this uh, Fresh, another movie that is funky and funny and and totally just like a fun ride. Um, and you can watch it from home on your couch on Hulu if you live in the States. Sorry, Canada. We feel your pain. Yeah. When are they going to give us Hulu? We get that stuff mixed in on other streaming services. Riot. We just have to wait longer. Riot. <laughs> this, uh, is hey. my, this is me rioting. <laughs> just saying riot on my podcast that Hulu doesn't listen to. <laughs> So, plenty to keep you creepy this week. Uh, we're seeing the Batman this weekend. We'll let you know what we thought about it. We'll probably be putting a review out on the website if you want to keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I think that's enough business up top. You want to start talking about some creeps? Let's get creepy! Cut to commercial. This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by Joe's Diner. Now with UFO burgers. Get them hot, get them fresh, shaped like saucers. Joe's Diner. This summer, from Warner Brothers Pictures, comes a story about a father and a son on a family road trip. He was just a boy. His dad had only one eye. Hey, son, why don't you keep an eye on the road for me, eh? You watch the left lane, I'll watch the right. Until one fateful night, they picked up... The wrong hitchhiker. <laughs> Give me a ride, see? <laughs> I don't know, Dad. I don't think we should pick him up. Shh, quiet, son. He's just, he's just a little down. She's just a little down on her luck. I think we should help her out. Shlink! If they're going to make it out alive, they're going to have to use all of their street smarts that they've learned on the road together. Pull over to the side of the middle of nowhere. The Middle of Nowhere, coming this summer from Warner Brothers Pictures. The night of the fall is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get in through your mouth, and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the Creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Night of the Creeps from 1986 is currently sitting at a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. 
Correct me if I'm wrong. The poster for this movie was the wallpaper on your phone for years. Yep. Still hadn't seen the movie. Nope. Fuck it. Still also haven't seen Cheerleader Camp. I think that's been a wallpaper on your phone for a long time. Yeah, that's a lock screen. <laughs> Actually, right now it's uh, Escape from Horrorland, but you know. So did this movie live up to your expectations? Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it did. I'm glad we blind bought it <laughs> on Blu-ray from a I boutique know. label. The collector's edition, I was like, 30 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> the opening was a surprise. I did not expect, oh, we're inside an alien spaceship. With aliens running around, like, stop that alien, you know. I was very happy because without that sequence, the second film that we do in this makeout massacre would not really make sense much. Ah, sure it would. <laughs> also, they're little bums. <laughs> yeah, they're little bums. No comment, just little bums. <laughs> they all look like they should have cigars in their mouths, right? Just like, get that guy. Well, and they, they had one face and just one facial expression, and so every time there was a close-up on the aliens, yeah, they were all making I, like the same stanky face. I did notice that. I loved it. Stanky ghouls. They come from a long line of stank faces. So are they the creeps or are the boyfriends the creeps? Damn, so that's... Who's the creeps? <laughs> I think the boyfriends are the creeps. I think the whole joke of this movie is that nothing will stop a busload of frat guys from making it to the sorority. <laughs> Not even if their brains have been hollowed out and they are husks of human beings. They will still show Dates. up for their dates. Yes. <laughs> that's That's the joke, I think, right? And then we just extrapolate from there. Uh, this movie is playing so around. So we worked backwards. We were like, okay, yeah. uh, slugs. Uh, yeah, we have a reverse engineer. Alien like, ship. What's the what's the biggest problem that, that faces frats today in terms of dates? <laughs> oh, slugs. Alien slugs from other planets. <laughs> so the opening of the movie, like you mentioned in the, in the intro there for the three good things, is black and white. Uh, sort of set 1959, lover's lane style, clean cut, boyfriends picking up their sorority dates. The real fun part about that is that the credits are still like hella pink and blue. Love it. So it's 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 a great choice. And the dialogue is a little stiff, just like a 1950s sci-fi movie. Fucking alien lands right when the, right after the cops are breaking up their cool hot makeout session. Well, like because it's a smorgasbord of horror goodness. Yeah, there's a lot going even, on. There's a lot going on. You're not on. even mentioning that there's an escaped convict with an axe who's murdering sorority teens. Don't you love that? I oh, if there was a subgenre that was strictly man with a hook, then that would be my subgenre. The real subgenre is movies that are about something else, but also feature escaped man convict hook. man yeah. with a hook. Yeah, and the, I'm really just thinking of urban legend yep. right now. The man with the hook genre. As soon as they mentioned it, I was like, oh, this movie's probably doing too much. I'm so happy it did too I much. I was so happy. This is the kind of movie where you can do too much. You're like, yeah, I do want an axe killer, actually, along with these slugs and undead boyfriends. Yeah, but- And also aliens with butts. <laughs> Give it all to me. I feel two ways about it. One, I personally love it. I would, we would have been championing, championing this movie when it came out, for sure. But it's also probably what stopped Fred Decker from being able to make lots of movies, right? Like this and Monster Squad, I think back to back, are were kind of like, hey, maybe this isn't for you. Um, well, both of those movies are cult films now. Both so. of those movies are fucking bangers. He should be super proud of it. God damn, this movie was a blast. And we watched it in the middle of the day, you know? There is no bad time of the day to watch Night of the Creeps. Even though, technically, it's several Nights of the Creeps. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Nights of the Creeps? Week of the Creep? It, yeah, Week of the Creep is kind of what we settled on. <laughs> yeah, either that or it's like Frosh Week of the Creep. <laughs> I like that. Pledge Week of the Creep. <laughs> These creeps just want to join the frat. They'll do anything, even eat your brains. 
<laughs> and like that's kind of where we that's kind of where we start off, I guess. Like our lead characters are trying to impress a girl, really one of them. Well, yeah, because so after the fifties, oh yeah, fuck, I glossed over that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so the fifties happen. Um, the the axe murderer gets the girl. The sure aliens does. get the dude. And we flash forward to the 80s because apparently those little butt aliens are not on a tight timeline to get their no. s- their escaped experiment back, which is the man-eating slugs. They run on space time, baby. It's just a little bit slower than us. <laughs> but yeah, our lead characters are, uh, you know, trying to impress the frat bros to let them join the frat in order to get the ladies. First you get the frat. Then you get the power. Yeah, then not, you get the women. Not talking to them directly. but No, avoiding but, them completely. <laughs> but joining the frat and being cool leads to marriage. Like literally sending your best friend out to, like, like it's grade six. Just like, hey, hey, go tell her I like her. I don't know if he was that into that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they've been tasked with a classic frat prank of stealing a dead body from the morgue classic. and leaving it on the steps of the rival frat. They, they chicken out last minute, because when they get to the medical experiment room and they find a dude cryogenically frozen... I love that the student medical staff has been tasked with cryogenically dealing yeah. with this alien. This is the problem with university towns, right? Like They got too much money to. for it. Like They're just like, what are we going to do with all this medical money? And they're like, oh, I don't know, uh, keep the UFOs under wraps? By the sounds of it, the guy, by the looks of it, really, the guy who uh, was supposed to be taking care of that cryogenic body was a grad student. And also knew nothing about what was happening. <laughs> he couldn't remember his password. That's how they... It was they zero. Were... <laughs> it was zero. That was the last number. <laughs> but he's, even he's shocked when he sees what's going on in this room. Like, what did, why did you send a guy who didn't know what to do to go into the room where the top secret body is being held? It's also really weird that once they let the frat guy out, the zombie be undead alien frat guy. Yep. That's a lot of descriptors, but all of them are necessary. The military doesn't get involved. There's no like wow, CIA, some secret service shit. It's just Tom Atkins with his shotgun. Who was keeping this kid under wraps? Yeah. Huh. I still love it. <laughs> He's thought out. His brain splits open. Aliens leap out. And there we have it. The creeps are on the loose, baby. Are we calling the the slugs the creeps? Why not? Okay. So the slugs are the creeps. Yeah. Okay. And the, the creeps come out at night. So the slug logic. <laughs> Let's talk about the slug logic. Because by the end of the movie, they've explained that one, slugs don't like fire. Two, mm-hmm. they, go, they go in through your mouth. Yep. They go into your brain. They lay eggs. It kills you. But that doesn't matter because they keep you animated. They lay eggs and I guess they incubate in your brain. And then they and then explode you ex- out of your face. And then you explode from the head and let out more slug things. Right? Just like a beautiful, fleshy alien flower. <laughs> it's just letting its pollen out, baby. It's gross, but it's, you know, same deal. So they're not at all related to the bum aliens. The bum aliens. From the beginning. The aliens with the bums. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> if I remember correctly... Sorry, the whole time I was thinking, like, damn, this would be a good pairing with Dreamcatcher. You've already forgotten about the bum aliens because we've gone to axe murderers, slugs, and boyfriends. Right? There are a lot of steps. I'm leaving it all behind as I go, (laughs) just like this movie. Uh, The bum aliens, they, if I remember correctly, there's one little bit of dialogue. I don't know the logic behind why the bum alien is just like, we gotta get these fucking slug creeps off of our ship. But one of them's like, stop him, we can't let that experiment leave the ship. That's it. That's all we know. Okay. It's an experiment. So it's kind of like, it's almost exactly like the Xenomorphs. So it's a biological weapon then. I guess so. Okay. 
And they didn't want it out on the loose. And then they got out. And then they didn't do anything about it. No. <laughs> no, for 30, like, should we go hunt after that? Like, yeah, but, like, let's give it. Only in the director's cut ending, maybe. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, can you, well, we'll get to the ending when we get to the ending. There's there's a lot of questions about why they changed it. But that's about all you need to know for the slugs, right? They they incubate. They break out. But they, they don't. They try and incubate some They more. aren't necessarily super hungry for all reproducing because most of the time when they escape maybe it's because they're too juvenile they just slink off into the grass like yeah they, they don't, don't immediately try and get into anybody yeah they don't go in everyone's mouth they only like jumping in when it's scary <laughs> when it's convenient for the cameraman <laughs> the other the other weird thing is that they don't have like a final form unless that was a plan for a sequel or something because they just slugs make more slugs and that's it yeah slugs beget slugs I guess I guess if it is a biological weapon, it, it does work because it reproduces inside people, kills them, and moves on to more. Yeah. So that works. Like yeah. a par- like a parasite? It's a slug planet, baby. We're just living in it. And yeah, exactly like a parasite. I, I asked that as a question because I was like, do parasites leave after they're done? Oh, I don't think so, actually. I think they just continue to feed until until whatever they're feasting on dies. Isn't that the idea? Because like they kind of become dependent on each other. Or at the very least, the parasite is dependent like a on the host. Like, like, a, a, <laughs> like a bad boyfriend. <laughs> like a real true creep. Now, these guys back out, but, you know, the creep escapes, and he immediately, like a zombie in Dawn of the Dead, goes to the one place he's familiar with, the sorority house. Where his girlfriend used to live. Yeah, he even, they, they kind of cut it, so you're not supposed to see it, but he does show up with a flower. That is a really weird sequence. So, But the, the best part is when he throws the rocks at the window, because that's what he did in the the opening back in the 50s. Yeah, that and only existed in movies, right? He's did got little, like, frat boy muscle memory. It's so sweet, even though he's dead <laughs> and he's got slugs in his brain. Just romantic, really. But yeah, he does show up with a flower, and then there's this weird cut where he doesn't have the flower anymore, and also the window is now closed, and he explodes some slugs out. Yeah, just cut for time, Which is slightly less romantic. (laughs) When Tom Adkins shows up, he goes to two places. First, he goes to the lab where this frozen dude was being kept. He walks in, smokes a cigar, says a few mean things to people, and leaves, and goes to the sorority, where he has this weird sort of flashback that he's been there before, and that, hey, this house in the backyard never used to be here, right? We find out later that he is the police officer from the beginning of the movie who kills the axe murderer secretly on his own time. And <laughs> off the clock. Off the clock, still in uniform, but buries him in an empty lot behind the sorority house, which is where this this house mother's uh, apartment- This is all like C-plot stuff. <laughs> I know, but it's so good. It's so, so fucking good. Uh, so anyway, there is now a house on top of where he has buried this body. Uh, the creeps are running around, hiding in the grass, I guess burrowing underground because they find the body of this axe murderer, reanimate him, and he comes fucking crawling up through the floor of this house mother's apartment. Was that not the best scene of this fucking movie? It was pretty fantastic. The axe murderer is maybe my favorite bit, apart from the boyfriend's undead. Yeah, of course. That's, and the butt aliens. Okay, there's so much good stuff. Yeah, this the movie is a blast. But he, you know, looking all Return of the Living Dead zombie-ish, still wearing a fucking crazy person's coat because he's escaped from the mental institution, just breaks through the fucking floorboards, hacks this woman into pieces. Tom Atkins buried him with his axe. <laughs> buried him with, well, wouldn't you? That's just, He just buried him with evidence. If you phrase it like that, it makes True. more sense. 
all the evidence in one hole. Not a great idea, but you did it. <laughs> yeah. I love the line from the coroner when they show up, too. Like, hey, if we had to use a different stretcher for each body part, we'd be pulling pieces out all night. Love gross. it. Yeah, super gross. <laughs> Love it. But he's still running around. So, like, one thing we know is that these slugs can obviously take over living people. And also dead people. But they can also reanimate dead corpses. Mm-hmm. That's key. Is it key? For a scene. <laughs> It's, it's key if you're laying the groundwork for a second movie. <laughs> That's key? But it, it, there's a whole sequence where they like track this guy down and they corner him and they blow his fucking head off. He recognizes Tom Atkins too. Did you catch that? He's all fucking skeletal and shit. But he Didn't gr- he smile? He smiles. Yeah. He fucking grins. He's like, hey, what's up, old boy? And then they blow him up. The craziest thing is how much shit is in this movie, and I swear to God, when I looked it up for the character names, it's like 88 minutes long. I know. I don't understand. It's n- there's a hun- there's definitely a two-hour version of this movie. I mean, we watched it this morning while I was drinking coffee, but I needed two bathroom breaks to get through it. Well, you drank a lot of coffee. 88 minutes? That was on you. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, it. this movie does kind of <laughs> go at its own pace. It has a lot, but there is a lot of... Walking and talking. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that they let Fred Decker keep all of it, because I think that the whole C plot with the axe murderer it would have been the first thing to go, especially now. That would just not be in the movie at all. All we need is just like I've been. I I was dating a girl who died in 1959, and I'm grizzled now because of it. Like we don't need this whole backstory. Yeah, it, like her name was Ramona. Yeah, we we don't need the whole C plot of of him killing a person and and still dealing with that and then having to face it. But also, doesn't not really it's not consequential to the end of the film whatsoever. It's but just it's a nice lovely. little beat. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. And that's that's why it would not be. That's why it would hurt if this movie was made now because it just wouldn't be there. Well, I'm also thinking, especially when J C, short for John Carpenter, whose last hurt. name is also Hooper. I think it's J C Hooper. Well, Every okay. character in this movie has a horror director's name. I'm just going to side note that I actually really do not like that. No, I'm neither do so I. I'm so over that. I'm okay. You get one. And the fact that you went, to, it was Corman Psychiatric Hospital. But there's like, hospital. there's, there's Romero, there's fucking Cronenberg. One of the frat boys just offhand, his last name is Cunningham. <laughs> Minor is another one. I think the janitor's last name is Minor. There's, yeah. There's a okay, lot. Okay, we're just, we're moving on. Uh, <laughs> when when JC dies, he's the one that finds out that fire bad, so good for him. Yeah. He was also the funniest character in the movie, so it's really sad. Very but funny. He leaves a tape for Chris, the mm-hmm. lead. And is basically like, they're my brain. I have no heartbeat. And I it's can all, feel them now. It's all good shit. Like, I did almost cry. It was very emotional. He's like, I love you, man. And then it was just so sad. Mm-hmm. But it was like five minutes long. It was quite a while. It was. It lasted a bit. Yeah. He recorded his memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> his 18-year-old memoirs. There's also there, there had to be more with that tape, too, because there was just like one quick little moment where we saw him go like, oh, I got a tape recorder in my pocket. Okay. <laughs> like, why does he have the tape recorder? <laughs> yeah, there's got to be something more to this. You can you can see that all over the place. It was cut down to that 88 minute runtime. All worth it, I think. It's still a fun movie that that moves and and has a lot of slug stuff in it. <laughs> that's the that's the unofficial good good thing part number four. Slug stuff. They do seem to be really into cats and dogs as well. 
Maybe that's just because they're low to the ground and it's just like first opportunity. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like if there were slugs that were trying to reanimate and take over living things. Because they do keep throwing that cat like into girls' arms. Like yeah. they're just like, here, catch this cat. <laughs> I, I love all of the zombie pets in this movie. They look great. They all have like one missing eye because I guess that's where the slug crawled in. <laughs> and uh, and the other one's not looking so good either. The cat had a worm. Like a whole ass. A like, whole ass fucking worm yeah. crawling out of its skull. Yeah. <laughs> That cat was great. I love that the dog is a criminal mastermind. He's I'm he gonna makes walk it out. to the end. He makes it all the way to the end. He steps out at the exact right time in front of a bus full of frat boys, uh, and then they they turn and careen into oncoming traffic where there's a truck. Uh, the, the best driver's eyes bulge out. Right, like pure George Miller, Mad Max style, just like cartoonish eyeballs popping out of your skull right before you uh, right before you have a head on collision. That was a blast. Every single one of those frat guys. Don't they even say dates when they wake up? Dates. Like, dates. <laughs> Just like breaking through windows, crawling on the ground, blood trail behind them, like, must make it to date. It also just sets you up for, like, a society-esque finale where you're like, oh, my God, there's a showdown happening at this McMansion. Hell, yeah. And it's... You know, just a brand new couple with a shotgun and a flamethrower just taking down bad boyfriends. Oh, isn't that just Just, true love right there? You know, that's my ideal date, really. (laughs) That is... I'll keep that in mind next Valentine's Day. And pizza. Pizza afterwards. We are working our way up to it. I bought you Nerf guns this Valentine's Day. Next year is the shotgun (laughs) flamethrower. By the way, if any of those frat guys looked familiar, it's because most of them are special effects artists. I love that. One of them's Robert Kurtzman. One of them's an uncredited Gregory Nicotero. Are they also the alive boyfriends? I would think so. Because there were a lot of mustaches in the the frat, and I was like, these guys look pretty old. (laughs) Yes. that and, And dudes just looking tough and not actually with speaking roles. I think those were all the special effects guys. If they didn't say a word, special effects artists. I won't lie. When the when the zombified dates get to the sorority house, I wish it was a little crazier, but maybe that's just like the dead alive fan in me that wants just a mountain, a geyser of blood. There were some really insane special effects though, like the the heads exploding and they were all lovely. Oh yeah. It's friggin' hilarious when the frat bro shows up. No one knows he's no one notices he's dead. Like no one pays attention to this guy. Uh, even his girlfriend, who's breaking Brad. up with him, breaking up with him, not realizing he's dead and already gone. But yeah, anytime that uh, somebody gets oh my shot- god, she pulls him. She pulls him to like have this breakup moment with him, and they're sitting on the front steps. His eyes are all like fogged out, glossed over. Yep. And we're panning to her, and she's just like, "I'm really sorry, you know, that it ended the way it did." And there's just drool <laughs> dripping from his open mouth. I was just like, <laughs> "Yes, Brad, yes." <laughs> Yeah, but Tom Atkins and and Rusty Griswold show up at the exact right time. I was hoping we were going to say Rusty Griswold sooner or later. I was surprised we called him Chris at all. I was, you know, it was, I exercised a lot of restraint. He's Rusty to me, and that's unfortunately who he will be forever. Russell Griswold. Oi, goi, my good man. Yeah, it was nice to, I mean, we've seen gifs of this movie before. We've seen photos of this movie before. It's nice to finally see those brains actually blow up in lifetime. 
especially from Brad. I've seen his head explode so many times, <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen like the lead up to it and the and the and the post game analysis that comes afterwards. I also enjoyed the like wall mountain of slugs where they were oh, all like, like in the wiggling basement? their tails and shit. And also, um, Tom Atkins, Detective Tom Atkins, sacrifice with the gas and blowing it up. And like you know, the last time we'd seen him before that, he was. About to put his head in an oven, so yeah, that came that came pretty <laughs> un, uh, quickly. That was really surprising. Yeah, like so- yeah, I guess I could stop. I, I guess I could cancel my plans to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Closes the oven, turns the gas off. Yeah, so like he died a hero. I mean, unless you watch the director's cut ending, which maybe he didn't. Dun dun dun. Well, I, it was still heroic what he did. Dun dun dun. You know, you can't always can't always save the day fully. No, no more dun dun duns. Okay, I'm dun dun dun. Oh shit! <laughs> in the, so in the theatrical cut, Tom Atkins sacrifices himself because the the flamethrower pilot light goes out, and you just can't get that back going ever again. Uh, even if you have a Zippo lighter with you, he blows up the whole sorority where all of the slugs are in the basement. And... Because there's brains in the basement, it's a big. Thing. Oh yeah, we totally glossed over the fact that there are somebody. Some girls are just storing some jars of brains <laughs> in the basement for biology class. Uh, it's what makes them a beacon for these slugs. Oh, that's why they all come. It's not even just muscle memory. Like the slugs remember they like the sorority house. Is that what you initially thought it was? They smell brain. Well, yeah, because they want dates. They're just like dates. The slugs themselves want dates. <laughs> oh, the little slugs in bow ties. Oh, that'd be so cute. Mm. Can you imagine the head splits open and one little slug's holding a flower? <laughs> okay, so in the theatrical version, the house blows up. Rusty's there with his girlfriend, Cindy Cronenberg. And, uh, and you know, like, oh. Cynthia Cindy Cronenberg. Cynthia Cindy Cronenberg. It's so, oh, so great. Everything's fine. None of our friends are dead. All it, of them are dead. Yeah, and we, we haven't had our reality shattered by the idea that aliens exist. And also, oh, look, a cute dog with a missing eyeball. Slugs. I guess that's the big scare out. Supply, yeah, Cindy's totally a slug human now. Oh, yeah, the slug humans, uh, they rule the earth. Yeah. So in that ending, uh, Night of the Creeps 2 is Night of the Creeps, Bride of the Creeps, Bride right? of the Creeps, <laughs> that's a good title. In the theatrical, in the director's cut, though, uh, Tom Ag- a very burned up, heavily scarred. Still smoking. Still smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Tom Atkins comes walking out of the explosion, collapses a few feet down the road, head blows up, slugs go out, and and disperse into the into the town cemetery. Which, because of what happened with the axe murderer, we know means zombie invasion. Right? Can you like and, and this version, the sequel is Return of the Living Slugs. Return of the Living Creeps? Night of Sorry, I ruined that. I completely <laughs> butchered that. It's Night of the Living Creeps. That's that's the man, what a Fucking great sequel that would be. Okay, so fucking Return of the Living Creeps and Bride of the Creeps are the two greatest titles ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Make that movie now. You've got the title. Write the script. That's that's all <laughs> all you needed for those Reverse movies. Reverse engineer. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing we are forgetting, though, is in that director's cut, we do see a spotlight from an alien ship that is now in the night sky looking for the creeps. 30 years later, they're finally here. Um, <laughs> it took that canister a day to get to Earth. It took the aliens 30-odd years. Bureaucracy, baby. It's all paperwork. It takes forever. You think aliens are doing fi- any they better? They had to file a, a permission. Yep. Yeah, they all had to get their permission slips signed by their moms <laughs> and bring a packed lunch. Man, this movie was a lot of fun. Which ending did you prefer? Oh, that's such a hard question. 
I think I really enjoyed the cemetery in the director's ending because yeah. fist pumps for like that moment where you realize, oh shit, the undead are coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because the the undead axe murderer was maybe one of my favorite moments in the film. Yeah, I would never get rid of it as much as as much as I talk about it just not being there in in a modern 2022 horror movie. It, I'm so glad it is because it's. It's a hell of a lot of fun, and it's it's really there in service of the ending too. Like it's a it's a fun little beat for Tom Atkins, and it's a nice little like zombie monster that we get in the middle of the movie. But it it really it really helps stick the landing with that director's cut. And that ending also kind of bookends the alien situation yeah. because when you watch the film, the little bum aliens at the beginning just are so out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, you you almost don't even need them. Like if they had of just if it was just a comet or like a, a rock that landed instead of a canister and inside the rock was were a bunch these of slugs. slugs? Yeah. Boom, you wouldn't need any of the alien stuff. Who cares? There is one scene that we did not mention that I think you'd be really pissed if we didn't talk about it just a little bit. Oh, shoot, what's that? And it's the introduction to Tom Atkins, his dream sequence. Oh, my God! Yeah. Yeah! It's a combination of, like, he's having the best dream of his life. He's relaxing in, like, Hawaii with a bunch of bikini ladies. But he's sitting on the sand. In a white suit. Yeah. Directly on the sand. (laughs) Directly on the sand. As though he's sitting in a reclining chair. But on the beach. But then it instantly evolves into this nightmare where he's reliving that death from the opening sequence, the 50s style death, where he goes to discover his high school sweetheart has been axed up into bits. But there's a moment where I swear it's that actress. Oh, it's got to be, yeah. Where she comes out of the water in his Hawaii dream, Mm -hmm. but it's filmed backwards. So she comes out of the water and spins all eerily and she's completely dry. So good. It's maybe one of the fucking greatest shots in a horror movie ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of nightmare sequences in horror movies, and this one's getting put on the list. Her hair was dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a, what a fun movie. I'm glad we finally crossed this one off the list. This was a blast. Yeah, it was everything I expected and more. I did not anticipate the axe murderer C-plot. I did not anticipate the alien intro. And I got not only one boyfriend at the door, I got like 17. So it was <laughs> it was really lovely. <laughs> I'm totally going to give this a three and a half out of four. It was everything I wanted and more. Yeah, I'm also giving this a three and a half out of four. What a fucking blast! So much fun, and I'm so happy we own it. Yeah, if you yeah if you have a if you have the opportunity to choose between them both, I would totally recommend watching the director's cut. The theatrical cut is just as good. The the only difference between the two is the ending. So you're not it's not like oh I wish this scene was gorier and I wish this lawnmower got more body parts and blood on it and stuff. It's just the end of the movie. So no matter what, you still get that good creepy goodness. But that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of Night of the Creeps. Hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast, in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, especially if you're on Spotify because it's new, please leave us a five-star rating and a review if you have time. Uh, It really helps us grow the show and get it in front of more fiends. And if you're a fan of Nightmare on Film Street, consider joining the Fiend Club. It's only a few dollars a month and you get access to bonus episodes, live streams, watch parties, and tons more. That is at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Yeah, don't even give it a second thought. It's a good idea. You know you want to join the club. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. 
but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Let's